Hey everybody and welcome to Crypto News. It is June 30th, 2017 and just browsing through the news headlines. Uh, I tend to look at Cointelegraph, Coindesk, uh, and the Merkle right now. If there's any others you want me to check out, please let me know. But just going over going over to Cointelegraph, it looks like it's regulation day for cryptocurrencies. Uh, from Illinois to Delaware to New York, looks like there's the government's coming in and saying, hey, you guys are going to have to do this in a certain type of way. So let's explore that a little bit. Okay, so we're going to start here on Coindesk with the first story. It's the $28 billion challenge. Can Ethereum scale to meet demand? Now, this plays into regulations because this is one of the big reasons regulations is going to happen. There was an initial coin offering, which if you know IPOs, it's the exact same thing that was happening in the, in the 90s, the initial public offerings of stocks and companies. And they're just doing it using coins and blockchain now, uh, mostly because it's unregulated and you can. And you have companies that raise $150 million uh, on these trades. Specifically, I'm talking about status. Uh, I'm not sure how much exactly they raised, so don't quote that. But it was enough to retard the network and make everything go super slow for like a week. And it really showed some problems and the scaling issues of Ethereum. And if you don't know what Ethereum is, Ethereum is basically trying to be a worldwide computer. Where blockchain is trying to be a worldwide currency, I actually think Bitcoin is actually trying, is a proof of concept and everything else after that is the actual implementations of it. Like you have Litecoin for currency, Ethereum for world computing, you have SiaCoin for storage, etc, etc. So, uh, playing into regulation, if the network goes down when a lot of people use it, one, you can't scale it to have a lot of people on it, and two, if you do, it's going to cause a lot of hurt and pain, and that's going to cause the regulation hammer to come down really, really hard. So, we have to watch out for that with Ethereum. Hey, so next up on the news, we've got Delaware. The Delaware blockchain stock bill is going to happen, and basically what that means is you're going to be able to have IPOs on blockchain. You're going to be able to sell stocks, do everything, essentially, I think, that what we're doing with coins right now with regular stocks. And this is just a big, another signal of the movement of everything over to blockchain, the decentralized network. Uh, and the next one here is China Central Bank opens new digital currency research institute. So we can definitely see from that one that we're moving in a global direction towards blockchain adoption. Everybody sort of sees it as it works really, really well. Now, the big problem that I have, especially with this headline with China, is that everyone sees that or it's being presented as decentralized and anonymous and uh, sort of a follow-up of the open source movement and then originally that's what it was kind of that's where it started but right now every all the centralized authorities are seeing it for how it can really help them and it, it does because it streamlines your data processing it streamlines your redundancy it takes out a lot of um, other third parties that you had to trust before with your data to get processing and stuff it's, it's kind of taking geek out of computers in terms of you're not going to have to have your geek squad, IT squad powering 
you know, your entire backend system is you just have blockchains and it's set up once and you trust it. Maybe that's too simplified and it won't happen exactly like that, but uh, you can at least take away that the central authorities see blockchain as important and are moving to adopt it as quickly as they can. So it kind of behooves everybody to understand what's happening and why it's happening. So we have the next article here is German politicians join advisory panel for blockchain advocacy group. So Germany is pro-blockchain, it looks like. The, uh, if you hadn't heard about the insurance product that was launched in Japan, uh, that is kind of cool. I haven't actually read about that, so I'm going to have to... Uh, it's called X, some, X Insure or something. Uh, Japan to test blockchain for government contract system. I mean, that's, that's a no-brainer, yeah. Uh, Illinois lawmakers passed bill forming blockchain task force. So in the U.S., you can see they're not as friendly with it. They're forming a task force as opposed to uh, an advocacy group. So you can see the difference there between Germany and the United States, uh, both huge economic players in their respective zones. Uh, they got some news about Ethereum's gas limit going up, which is good. They're keeping it so low, what they were saying was keeping the chain, uh, keeping the transactions slow. So increasing the gas limit. Hopefully that increases miners' incentives to process stuff. U.S. government organizes federal blockchain forum. That's a little bit more friendly on the U.S. side. Russia wants regulators to research blockchain security risks. Uh, and there's definitely, you know, if you uh, read about this at all, the quantum risk, I think, is the biggest. Uh, so far, blockchains haven't really been hacked at all. Like, you have a lot of stories where they confuse it. Like, there was some stuff with Bitcoin and Mt. Gox, but, you know, that was Mt. Gox's problem. And then you have uh, Ethereum's hard fork, when, which, which really wasn't... Uh, crap, I've completely forgotten what the Ethereum hard fork is. So let me pause this and I'll come back. Okay, so I just brushed up on my understanding of the hard fork and the DAO attack. So essentially what happened is, is the blockchain was fine. Everything executed the way it should happen because that's the way it was written. Now, one of the good things about centralized systems is someone makes a mistake, well, you can roll everything back and just sort of muscle your way into it. Well, when something doesn't work on a decentralized system, you kind of got to go, well, we made a mistake, and then you hard fork, which <laughs> is what they did. And so the reason for that was the DAO, the Decentralized Autonomous Organization, which is one of the one of the main things of why Ethereum can be so cool if you can scale and if we can get away from these types of situations that cause hard forks. Uh, so what happened was the people who wrote the DAO, the smart contracts for that, got something just a little bit wrong. Um, and it was good that they got this early, so now everyone knows you got to test the crap out of these things, like way more than you would any other uh, industrial or commercial software application because they're being deployed essentially with no support. So that, that was the DAO. So here we go, back to the news. So we left off with the U.S. government organizing a federal blockchain forum and Russia wanting to investigate the security risks of the blockchain, and that's how we got to the DAO hack. So we have... So we have all of these like Goldman Sachs and Fidelity and big financial institutions that are moving in to blockchain. This is good and bad. I'm going to let you come up with your own conclusion on that. 
Oh, here we go. Here's something cool. We got pot-friendly Bitcoin startup raises 1.5 million. Um, that's like change compared to the ICOs that were happening recently. Uh, oh, here's an important tech news that that uh, is not going to impact stuff um, the way that big news is going to do on the price if you're an investor or a trader. But uh, the SegWit 2X is going to release its new code today. And essentially, if you don't know what segregated witness is, I have a very superficial understanding of it. And essentially, you're each block as you're putting it together has a size limit and I think that's one megabyte for Bitcoin and what segregated witness does is there's a whole bunch of extra data that gets sent along with the block something to do with the witnessing of it and stuff and anyway it takes that data and it moves it somewhere else like I said superficial understanding of this but it essentially makes so that your block sizes can be bigger hold more transactions and are t unless the information is taken up uh, with useless witness data. So once again, superficial understanding of it. Um, I should go have a better understanding and I'll get that tomorrow. But anyway, next one. Bitcoin phishing scheme perpetrator pleads guilty in Connecticut court. So there was a bunch of emails going out uh, with phishing schemes uh, trying to get into your wallets. Uh, and if you're in coin and you don't have a hard wallet, you're keeping everything on a soft wallet on your phone, on your laptop, anything like this, you need to either be super duper sure about your passwords, be ready to lose it all, because that's the weak point. Just like with the DAO hack, the weak point was not the blockchain. The weak point was the software and everything going around it. You can think of the blockchain as like Wolverine, the superhero, Wolverine's skeleton and his like metal reinforced skeleton. Like it, you're not going to break it. Like Google's AI, DeepMind, stuff like that, probably given enough time, they could. But that's that's the only thing that, that's that's really solid right now is you can't hack the blockchains. It's just too hard. Uh, but when quantum computing comes up, that's gonna be a problem. So you need to go, if you're worried about that, go look up IOTA and go look up Tangle and how all that works. I don't completely understand it, not even enough to try to explain it. Uh, just it's a different way of verifying transactions and it's not blockchain and so somehow that makes it quantum better so yeah so uh, avoid your phishing attacks by having a hard wallet and not relying on soft wallets making sure that all of your passwords are super duper ultra good and that you're updating those at least once every six months changing them completely I'm not talking about variations see here electronics giant LG is testing distributed ledger software it's pretty makes sense do, do, do. Oh, and yeah, Daimler issued its own blockchain I have to go read about that cool so that's it for CoinDesk right now I'm gonna wrap that up I'm kind of trailing Okay, and we're back. I had just my regular job there, a little photo shoot, and I just saw a new piece of news here. Blockchain startup ChromaWay to launch hybrid database product. And the only reason this caught my ear, my eye, whichever one, is because I'm invested in SiaCoin, which is the back-end product. Um, I'm convinced that the it's that it's the back-end database 
sort of heavy lifting technology that really needs to come into its own in order for blockchain to really be decentralized and distributed in the way that it needs to be. Currently in Solidity, you have something called, Solidity is the, one of the backend languages for Ethereum, and you need to use something called an oracle to get data, um, especially if you want to do anything random or I'm super new to the whole programming thing. Well, not super, super duper new, but um, enough that I'm not quite sure what you mean by all of the contracts need to be deterministic. Uh, I can kind of understand that everything needs to be, you know, you need to have your ducks in a row in a certain way for the blockchain to operate and to have a, um, for the security and crypto-ness. So this company, Chromaway, uh, it's not really important which company or what they're doing, but just the fact that, keep in mind that we have something called smart contracts with Ethereum now, and smart contracts are able to do all sorts of financial stuff, but it's still very much focused on financial and, and you know, trading, and, you know, that's great if we create a giant playground of tons of different coins that fluctuate in value and we can all make money, but the underlying bits of this is something that's really fundamental really important and really game-changing and it's that decentralized anonymous we haven't achieved that part of it yet but at least the decentralized distributed network technology sort of humanity we're, we're androids now we can't be who we are without technology and digital currency is just essentially accepting and acknowledging that and saying we need currency of the future. We're no longer just, you know, biological human beings and, you know, we can carry bags and put stuff in the bags and do all of that. We're now human beings with, you know, add-on intelligence and processing power. I'm talking about being able to whip out Wikipedia at any point in time in a conversation and be right. As much as, you know, that's a whole other argument and conversation about Wiki being right, but you get it. So, Somehow, in some way, oh, and so all of this goes down to being able to access and have that information available and secure, and so having your database backend is going to be really, really important. Once, once again, I'm invested in this type of technology through SiaCoin, but there's also storage, and now I guess this one called ChromaWay, which I'm going to have to look up. happen, or not need to happen, but are, 
I'm reading a book right now called The World is Flat, which is about the sort of 1992 to 2005, 2006-ish technology boom revolution, the internet, and the flattening that happened. Sort of, you know, you could you could have your accounting get sent out to Bangalore, uh, have it done super cheap and sent back, and they had the technology to to communicate and sort of, you know, make that, they call it, make uh, Bangalore's the next door neighborhood of Boston. Mangled those words, but you get it. And all the innovations and things that took place during that time, which, which I lived through, but I was really tiny, and I don't remember a lot of it happening, and I definitely didn't have a context for the world beforehand for what needed to be translated. So now I'm here, we lived through that, I know what exists, I know what people like, I know what they want, and I know sort of what needs to be translated, I guess. And so the next, the big, there's like the big two, or there might be three, uh, but the big ones that I could think of is email and calendar. Uh, right now, it's super easy because I have Gmail and Google Calendar and I have some accounts that are free because they advertise to me and some accounts that are paid because I'm a business client with them. And it's cheap, it's easy, but it's not anonymous, but it is distributed. It's not decentralized because it's all, it's all Google and they own all the information. So subtle philosophical shift away from those, those methods of control that are really subtle and really not pertinent to real life, I guess, is what it is. There's, there's this basic human experience that you get, um, and, and you can live your life entirely inside the bubble. Status because status 
is actually awesome. It's combining, it's, that's what led my thoughts to email. Was their messaging service, and you're going to be able to execute smart contracts over the chat. So just like uh, WeChat in China is a payment provider, Status will be uh, a messaging platform with smart contracts built in. Uh, I, I'm still trying to imagine what you would use it for. Like, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, the future of the world is going to be something like, you know, any little request on your phone is, is going to have some gas cost to it. So, you know, you want to go look up, you know, the calendar that I'm using right now to, to guide me. Like, that's a data request. I'm pulling data from, you know, off the satellites. I'm, I'm pulling it from everywhere. And so that may be the vision for Ethereum as a worldwide computer in that everybody, you just sample into the giant network and, you know, it's like your, your computing costs and what you need is going to be different compared to other people. Like for me, I do a lot of power and a lot of stuff, electricity, etc. Et so for me, it would be a little bit more expensive than for someone who doesn't use any data requests. You know, they're just requesting data from people around them, you know, their siblings, their parents. Um, and that is outside of the Ethereum virtual machine, outside of the physical machine, and so it doesn't require cost to run on the machine. So I think eventually, right now, everything is run on a virtual ad machine, the advertising machine, um, and everybody is willing to put up value and and stuff because they know that in the future. There's, there's a semi-promise, a loose promise of a return that, you know, I'm going to show you something shiny and cool that you want or need, uh, and then there's, you know, a, a reasonable amount of statistics, probability, people will come and buy and take up your costs, and you use math to understand those numbers. But I think all of that can switch over to a global smart machine type of system where instead of transacting based on you know, allure and advertising, we'll actually just, you know, it's really hard to conceptualize. You know, having grown up within the advertising cage, it's really hard to understand the world without advertising. That you know, you can, you can live without envying stuff, without wanting to buy, without that constant push. It's like, well, then how would I know about the things that I need or the things that I could want? Well, it's like, well, then you look it up. You'll be creative. You'll be like, oh, well, I need something to do this. And then you'll figure it out and you'll 3D print it and you'll pay some ether gas to download the plans and then a little bit for the electricity unless you own the 3D printer. Um, you know, and then they'll, they'll just be like that essential tax or cost of living on humanity because energy is required to do things here. And so I think we could move towards that. Uh, but we're going to have to see more adoption of basic applications like email, calendar, even a calculator. I think I should probably make that. You probably already have. Um, it's going up on five minutes, so I'm going to end it right now. Sorry about that last section. I did not realize that um, when you add music to your uh, to your anchor recordings, that it totally demolishes your voice. So basically, I was talking about different types of applications that are already in existence, specifically calendar and email, 
and moving those over to the blockchain. Um, I'll talk about this more tomorrow. I kind of uh, kind of talked about it in the car a bunch and don't want to do it more. Anyway, um, so that was what I talked about. Sorry about the poor recording. I'll remember in the future not to add music onto the background.